being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So ends the reading of God's word, and you may be seated, please. You know, I love this Sunday in fall. You know why I like this Sunday? You know, I really like this Sunday in fall. I, I forgot that. One, football is beginning. The food is coming. And, and did you hear that? You really get food today. Free food. And, and these are some of the best food around because they're bringing out their specialties. So be sure you stay for appetizers and dessert over in the other building. Those of you on diets, I give you calorie-free eating today, okay? As if I had that power. Only Jesus can do miracles, and I'm not sure he could even do that one. The reason I like this Sunday is you're back. I, I was concerned every summer, you know, I really like summer because I get to golf and it's warm and, and the sun shines and it's nice. And, but then I begin to worry, thinking, you know, I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time. I haven't seen so-and-so in a long time. I still haven't seen so-and-so in a long time. And then this Sunday comes and here you are. Thank you. Bless you. Whew. Mary, I guess we still have a job. I think yay is good. Now, this morning, we are going to touch on an area in Colossians that, that is a little bit different again. Now, now, remember last week? How many of you were here last week? And you came back. I like that. Those of you who were not here or don't know that we're going through Colossians, we, we got to the part in Colossians about wives submit, husbands love, children obey, and dads don't exasperate your children. We got through that part. And some people still came back. So that's a good sign. Today we move into an area that, that is also a little controversial. Not so much because we disagree, but more so because we really do agree. In fact, we not only agree, if I said, do you believe in this? You go, amen, brother, preach it. And then if I said, do you believe in this? You'd say, amen, brother, preach it. The only problem is we get to this section of scripture and we begin to feel guilty. Let me tell you this morning, I am not taking us to the woodshed. Isn't that good? I'm, I'm in a great mood, so no woodshed messages today. If you're visiting with us, once in a while... How do I say this nicely? What? Who is helping me here? Paul, what? Go ahead, Paul. Twice a month. Once in a while, we have to go to the woodshed because we're falling down in some areas of our Christian walk. This morning, yes, we're probably falling down in this area, but 
but we're not going to the woodshed. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to lift you up this morning because I want you to be happy when you go eat appetizers and dessert. And yet there is a message here because Paul talks about two areas of our spiritual life, of our spiritual walk that we sometimes don't do so well in. Anybody want to guess what those areas are? Prayer is one of them. Who said that? Jerry? Good job. Prayer is one of them. And, and prayer, you'd all say, oh, we need to pray. And then I'd say to you, well, how much do we pray? No, no, let me change that. I would say to all of us, including me, not to you. And all of us would say, I bet, or at least most of us, well, you know, Pastor, I, I really do need to pray more. Does that sound like maybe one of the statements that you would make? Because we're all there. I mean, that is part of being a Christian, I think. We would say it's very important, we should do it. But we don't do what we should do. All right, we got prayer. What's the second thing? Witnessing to others. What's that bad E word? Evangelism. Oh, we hate that word. Well, we like it. We say we all should be doing that. Well, yes, Pastor, I, I really should be talking to others more about God. Amen? And yet, I think Christianity is stuck on the thing of, oh, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Let me ask you a question. Is it more important to hurt somebody's feelings and to win them to Christ than it is to not hurt their feelings and have them go to hell? What's more important there? And yet it's hard for us to bring ourselves out of that way of thinking and then we start beating ourselves up and we, we start feeling guilty that we're not doing maybe what we should be doing. This morning, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to look at this and we're going to see ways that we can do these kind of things. First of all, Scripture says here, it gives us several obstacles to that first one we mentioned, to praying. By the way, if... if and, and I know they're going to do a, a CD of this. If you want a title of it, call it Live It Up. Because we need to live it up. This needs to be part of who we are and what we do. And, and the text falls into two parts here. One is the prayer, speaking to God about people. The second one is evangelism, speaking to people about God. Do you see how that works? Speak to God about people. Speak to people about God. So let's start with the prayer part of it. Now, obstacles of prayer. Obviously, the biggest obstacle of prayer would be, number one, we may not have a true relationship with God. I mean, if you don't have a true relationship to God, if you don't have connection with the source, with the power, then how do we pray? And how do we pray effectively? So you got to start somewhere. You start somewhere by that relationship with God. And that relationship with God comes through accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I mean, we preach this all the time. You've heard that time in, time out. This is nothing new to you. So I probably don't need to go there except one or two of you may be sitting there and what's he talking about? 
this, this relationship with God. I, I got great news. Not only can you fill yourself today with appetizers and dessert, but you can fill yourself today with the Holy Spirit. You can fill yourself today with Jesus Christ. And it's as easy as just asking him to come in to be Lord and Savior of your life, to be the one who takes charge of your life, and to be the one who gets you into heaven. Now, some of you are going to say, oh, heaven, I want that. I'll take him because I can get into heaven. Well, take him for more than that. I mean, heaven's going to be wonderful. But take him to be Lord of your life, too. Have heaven here on earth. So, an obstacle. We may not have a relationship with God. If you don't have that relationship with God, your prayers, they're not going to be heard. Second problem, second obstacle. Sometimes we may be more focused on asking for things than on knowing God. Stop and think when you pray. What do you pray about? What does your prayer sound like? And I would bet the majority of our prayers sound like, Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, give me this. Oh, Lord, help me pass that test. Oh, Lord, help me not to get any more speeding tickets. That's not me. Just, just thought I'd throw that in there. Okay, I did get one, but you already knew about that. Oh, Lord, what else do we pray about? Heal, yes, heal me or heal my mother or heal my son or my daughter or something. Oh, Lord, and, and we just go time after time asking for what we want. And, and it's not bad asking what we desire, but you see, the whole concept of prayer is finding what God desires for us. So it's the motives. Is it all about you? Is it all about me? No, it's about God and our relationship to God. Sometimes James chapter 4 verse 3 says we ask with the wrong motives. But what's another obstacle to prayer? We're too proud. I don't need you for this one, God. I can take care of this. Have you found yourself doing that? That you get to that point where you think, okay, you know, I'm only going to call on the big guy for the big problems. And all the other things I'm just going to handle myself. You see, God wants to be a part of all of those things. He wants to be called upon for everything. Be careful of that proud spirit. Okay, a fourth obstacle to prayer. Some view it as a chore. I have to pray. Now, some of you will say, you know, get up early before the day begins and open. The key opens the door. That key is prayer. Oh, I got to get up early and pray. Some will say, pray at night. Close that door. Lock it. Thank him for all that's there. Oh, I have to pray before I go to bed. I don't care when you pray. Pray. In fact, there's a verse that says, when are we supposed to pray? Always. Unceasing. That's right. You want to tell me you pray all the time? Wonderful. You want to pray me, tell me you pray in your car? Wonderful. Make sure your eyes are open, though, please. Don't pray on your cell phone, all right? It's against the law now. Pray to God. You don't need the cell phone. So, obstacles to prayer. 
take care of those things and we're in a lot better chance of getting our prayers heard. But let's talk about the speaking to God about others. Hmm. How do we pray? Let's suggest three things here. And, and I don't suggest these three things. They're found in God's word in our passage that we just read. And the first is that we are to pray with devotion. We are to pray with devotion. The word devote means to adhere firmly to. It implies unrelenting persistence and is the opposite of the hit and miss type of praying. Anybody do hit and miss type praying? You know those quickie prayers? Okay, God. Pray without ceasing. Pray in a devoted way. Being devoted in prayer is similar to cheering on the mariners. I saw some heads come up there like, how's he going to tie that into that? I was going to use the Cougars, but they won last night or yesterday, so sorry, Cougars. Those of you who may be visiting, there are Cougars and there are Huskies here, and I happen to be a Husky, so. But we'll talk about the Mariners instead. You know, we, we talk about the whole idea of being devoted to God and devoted in prayer. We are to be devoted to the Mariners, if you are a Mariner fan, in spite of them losing. Felix got beat. Is that really true? So do we trash Felix? No, we're devoted to Felix. The Mariners lost again. Again. So do we give up on the Mariners? Don't answer that question. <laughs> the point is that we stick behind the Mariners through thick and thin, or at least we should. What happens when we pray and our prayer is not answered? Do we give up on prayer? Do we give up on God? No, we are devoted to God. We are devoted to prayer. And we keep praying. So, all right. To be devoted to prayer means to be ready at all times. In fact, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 Paul is saying, always be ready to break into prayer and do it instantaneously at all times. We used to have friends, and I, I was amazed. I was kind of early in, in ministry, and we would go over to their house, and they would pray. I mean, not just pray for the meal, but they would pray. We might be talking, and right in the middle of the conversation, they might say, why don't we pray about that? Well, yeah, I mean, we do. No, I mean, right now, why don't we pray about that? I mean, are you going to say no? Well, okay, let's pray about it. Then they'd get a phone call, and somebody would have something, and, and they would say, do you mind if we stop right here and, and pray for those people that we just heard from? Well, sure, that'd be fine. Let's pray for those people. And, and just all through the evening, it was praying just all the time. And I was thinking, wow, that's rather unique. I like that. So, so who would you go to if you needed somebody to pray for? You? Who would you go to? You'd go to them. Because you know that they pray. 
Hmm. Be devoted in our prayer. Pray continually. And when we do that, by the way, when the biggies come, you're already connected to God. You're already in contact with him. You're already used to talking with him. Is that a good thing? That is a very good thing. So pray with devotion. How else should we pray? Look at verse 2 again there. It says, pray with watchfulness. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful. Okay, so, so what does that mean? What do we watch for? Are you watching for anything with God? What are you watching for? What's one thing you would watch for? His return. It tells us, you know, to watch for that. Be careful, be alert, be ready for him to return. So devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful for when he comes back. What else do you watch for? Since we're stuck here for a while. Oh, come on. Answers to prayers. All right? See where he is answering prayers. So when we see him answer, what does that do to our faith? It increases it. It is like, oh, wow, look at that. You know, I wish he would, or, or I, no, I shouldn't say I wish he would. I wish I would see more answers to prayer. See, I sometimes think, okay, God, for you to exist, I need to see this, 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 and this. He's probably there thinking, what's wrong with you? You're not in charge. I'm in charge. I know what's going on. So trust me. Watch and see what I do, but understand I'm doing a lot more than what you see because your understanding is so minimal. All right, what else am I watching for? Opportunities to serve him. Yeah. You know, isn't our prayer, Lord, guide us? Lord, direct us. Lord, just let me know what your will is. How many of you pray that and then, okay, thanks, I prayed it. We are to watch for those kind of things where God can be a part of our life, where he can use us. So be watchful. What's the third thing that we see here in this verse? Devote yourselves to prayer, so to the devotion, being watchful and thankful. See, gratitude is a stimulus to prayer. We can thank him for, oh, I like this, his presence, his provision, his pardon, his promises, and his purpose. Those are the P prayers, okay? I'm not going further with that. You want to write those down? All right, what were they? His what? Presence, provision, purpose, promises, and pardon. Very good. You're listening. I like it. So we are to be thankful for those kind of things. Look at these passages. Flip to verse 3. Look what it says there. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Hmm. Hmm. What can we be thankful for there? Anything? Can we be thankful for the mystery of Christ? 
Can we be thankful for being in chains? Oh, I don't like that. But look at that. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door. Can we be thankful that a door can be opened for us? A door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Paul is thanking God even in the problem areas. What else? Well, let me take you to a few other places. Uh, chapter 1, since we've been through these, verse 3 says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Verse 12, chapter 1, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. Chapter 2, verse 7, Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And then if you wanted to look at chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, a number of places, thankful, gratitude, thanks, it's all right there. So speaking of God about others, we pray with devotion, we pray with watchfulness, we pray with thankfulness. Okay, let's look at verses 3 and 4 now. You can see verse 3, it poses another question. What do we say when we pray? What does it say up there? And pray for us too that, what can we pray for? That God may open a door. <laughs> God's going to open a door? Isn't it interesting as you look at the last part of verse 3? Where was Paul right now when he writes this? He's in jail, isn't he? And he's in chains. What would our prayer sound like? If we were there in jail and in chains, oh Lord, help me get out. Oh Lord, give me better food. Oh Lord, give me a guard who doesn't smell so much. Oh guard, what? Oh guard, oh God. You know, you get in jail too long and your mind starts going on you. <laughs> or you get old and it goes on you. Either one. But what he does here, he asks, at least you were listening, that was good. He asks for open doors. What is an open door for us? What is an open door for him? A chance. The ability to share. The opportunity to serve God. Do you pray for that open door? Do you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm yours today. Use me. Take me. Let's go with it. Ask for that open door. You know, the nice thing about this is Sumner Presbyterian gives us lots of open doors. You're going to look at a number of the ministries that are going on in the church. Those are open doors. Those are opportunities for us. I, I like 1 Samuel chapter 12 verse 23 for it says far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you you mean we can pray for others that doors might open ask for open doors so let's look and see what else is here all right so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains look at the next verse verse 4 pray that I may 
what? Proclaim it, what? Clearly. So we can pray that we can proclaim, and we can pray that it's going to be clear. The goal of evangelism is to make the cloudy clear. So what is the cloudy? What are we sharing with others? Well, let me suggest that Christ died. Let me suggest that he died for the sins of the world. Let me suggest that when we receive him by faith, that we will have eternal life. Now, is that pretty clear? That's pretty clear. We pray for clarity. So let's go to that E word now, that evangelism, that speaking to others about God. Verses 5 and 6 give us some clarity about this as well. It gives us some insights. How do we speak to others about God? Look at verse 5. Because verse 5 tells us how we walk. Verse 6 will tell us the emphasis there is how we talk. So the walk, the talk. So what's the first thing we're to do here? Be wise. Be wise. Oh, dear. (laughs) You see, if we're not careful, we might say things we should not say. If we're not careful, we might do things we should not do. I remember this story about the minister who was brand new in town, and, and he took the bus one day, and he got in the bus, and he gave the bus driver some, some money, and he put it there, and he walked back, and he sat down, and, and uh, the bus driver, you know, had given him some change, and I know they don't do that anymore, but this is way back when they did. He gave him some change, and the minister went and sat down, and, and when it came to a stop, he got up, and he went up to the driver, and he says, you know, you gave me too much money back. And the driver said, I know. And he says, you know? And he says, aren't you the new minister in town? And he says, well, yes. And he says, well, I just thought I'd check to see what you're like. Hmm. So next time you're given too much change, is the cashier testing you? Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Yesterday, I got a last-minute phone call to go play in a golf tournament. And, and we got to play with two, two of the girls from the, the uh, golf team at uh, the Christian school, Cascade Christian. And it was so fun because we, we got up to some of our putts, and they give you a string, and it's weird. I don't like playing with string. And if you're not quite close enough, you can use a little bit of your string, and you can just count it as not as a stroke. And so we got up there to measure, and, and one of the girls was so sweet. And I mean, they were both sweet, but one of the girls was like, now stretch that string as long as we can. Pull it really tight. And if you mark your ball this way, we get a quarter of an inch more. And, and the other girl says, well, that's not, that's not honest. You know, you can't mark it. Oh, yes, we can, because they said we could do that. And she said, no, it isn't. And the, the other guy and I were standing there just listening to him and thinking, wow. 
You know, what kind of witness are we? Are we wise in our words? Are we wise in our actions? Because people are listening. Do you remember I told you a long time ago I was in a golf tournament and long drive hole, and I don't hit the ball very far, but for some reason I hit it pretty far? And one of the rules there is it has to be in the fairway. And so my cart went to get the other guy's ball, and their cart went to get their balls, but they got to my ball first. And, and I drive up, and they say, you know, you know, you know, you have the long drive so far. Look, there's what it used to be, and here's where you are. The problem is you were just, you were just a few inches off the fairway. We can move that onto the fairway, and you can have the long drive. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, they're really good prizes, too. Oh. <laughs> and I had to say, no, it's not, it's not in the fairway. And they said, we were just testing you. It really was, but we thought we'd put it over here to see what you would do. <laughs> And I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my. You know, people look at us and they make decisions on the validity of our faith, the validity of Christ in our lives by what they see in us. What do they see in us? Well, okay, that's the first thing it, it talks about how to walk. Be wise. The second thing, look at what it says there. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. You see, this, this phrase here is a commercial term that means to buy up. It's finding a good deal and buying it all up because it's such a good deal. So the question then to us as Christians is, are we buying up every opportunity to speak for Christ when we see that opportunity? Are we looking for those chances, those opportunities to share? We are to buy up. Okay, I got to hurry along because they're waiting out there with appetizers. So let me suggest three more things here. The next one is be gracious. In verse 6, it challenges us about what comes out of our mouth. Let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Oh, that's an interesting one. The next one is be appetizing. Salt enhances flavor. It makes food appetizing. Now, be careful of it being too salty, okay? You know what happens there. But salty speech makes people thirsty for more. Are you interesting? Are you enhancing the flavor of your walk? Are people wanting to come to you and say, why are you the way you are? In a positive way, of course. So be appetizing. Then the last part is be ready. Be ready. When we are gracious and appetizing, people will want an explanation. We must be ready with an answer ready to share. What do we share? Two things, okay? Two things. One, we share our story. Two, we share his story. Our story and the story of Christ. That's simple. Sorry, you don't get the rest of that. So, here we are. 
we are to pray for others that they may find God. We are to pray to God that he may touch others. Prayer is involved. When we do this, stop and see what happens. Because then that walk becomes exciting. And we can do that. Wow. Wouldn't you like it to be able just to say, okay, here's my story. When they ask you what your story is, how's your story? Let's pray. Lord God, thanks. Thanks for the chance, the opportunities you give us to pray, but also the opportunities that you give for us to share our story. Help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. That was daughter 
let's see, granddaughter, daughter, and mother. So, yay. Good. Thank you. You know, I want to introduce to you this morning to our new elders and deacons, and then we will ordain them in the second service. But if we could have our new elders and deacons, the ones that uh, will both be installing and ordaining, if we could just have them come forward. This is what your leadership looks like. Yay! And, and why don't you... Okay. And why don't you tell us your name and whether you are going to be an elder or deacon and if you know what area you're going to be serving in to share that area. So, Paul? Paul Mosley, property and finance. Okay, and elder or deacon. Okay. All right. By the way, Mike is a, a Seattle police officer, so we figured that fit real well, you know, for the youth. <laughs> no, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> great, Grace. Right. Mm hmm. Janet? All right. Good. And these last two have been deacons for three years, and they will be coming back on for deacons for another three-year term. <laughs> Great. So let's pray for these, and then we have a charge from you from Mary right out of the book of order, more importantly, out of Scripture. <laughs> so let's pray for our new elders and deacons. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for these men and women who've heard the call. And as they come, Lord, we pray that you will bless them in their ministry, that you will lead them in their ministry, and they will seek you continually. Lord, we give thanks for them in Jesus' name. Amen. And Mary?